Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. Tonight, my co-host is Jack McEnroth. Jack, welcome back. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Feels good to have you back. I feel like I haven't spoke with you in a while. <laughs> yeah, I've been traveling. I've been traveling like crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to be back in New York. So, yeah, I'm good. sure. Home sweet home, right? Yeah. No, I was in... Uh, L.A. for eight days, and then I was in Kansas City, which I actually thought was Kansas. I thought I was in Kansas for, like, the first eight hours, but I was in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> in Kansas City, Missouri. And then, uh, yeah, so um, it's nice to be home, definitely. We're glad to have you back. Um, I know uh, last week you had something come up last minute, but we ended up taking care of it. We had a great show with uh, Bradford McIntyre, who came on and um, – talked about his website and uh, shared his personal story. So it was kind of a bummer that we didn't have you, but the show went well. So um, Brad says hello to you, and um, he wished that you could have been there. Oh, well. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So what is up with you? I'm on Facebook, and I'm noticing a lot of these new pictures coming out of you. (laughs) With the beard. I actually did a photo shoot when I was in L.A. for this uh, underwear and swimwear company. So... Um, I actually have about 40 really good ones, but I'm editing them now. So I just posted like three of them, whatever, you know. <laughs> God, I, I look at it, I'm like, damn, I need to go to the gym. Uh, well, please, I, you know, it's funny because I, I ate no carbs for like three weeks before that. And then the day after it was over, I was literally like, I was the friends I was staying with. I'm like, bring me cake, bring me chips, bring me McDonald's, bring me like. <laughs> I just sat there and scarfed for like the whole entire day. It's so funny. So. It's different to see you with a beard. I know. You know, I, it's it's weird. Everyone, uh, people are. I, it's gone now. I I couldn't handle it anymore. But like, I have a full <laughs> beard in all the pictures. And um, yeah, it was. I was just kind of trying it and. Um, people were like, um, you look really good with a beard. It's so funny because people were like, oh, you look so butch. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so not butch. But, um, it's, but the funny thing is, is that I, it, my beard is totally white. I'm totally Santa Claus. So I, the whole thing has died. It's, I have to die because I, it makes me look like I'm 55. It's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah. So, but it's gone now. So I'm back to my old. Nelly self. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I just saw that you were on the cover of the A&U for this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. I haven't read the article yet. Well, because um, I can't remember who posted it. Um, someone posted it on my Facebook page, and then I actually just I reposted it on my other pages. But, um, but yeah, um, uh, I, I, I did the interview, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it's transcribed, but it was a really good interview. Like, the woman was really groovy, and um, 
So I, I hope it's great. I, ha- I haven't seen an actual magazine yet, so I'm excited. Yeah, I have to find a way to get a copy of that. I don't know if they sell that in the normal, like, Barnes & Nobles or... Yeah, I don't know. Well, you see that it. kind of thing in, like, your doctor's waiting room and, like, that, uh, so who knows, but... Yeah, I'll have to check the doctor's office. So if you're going to the doctor's this month, go grab the A&U and uh, read the article about Jack. Um, I was pretty stoked <laughs> when I saw that. I was like, that's an awesome photo. And it looks so different, again, because you don't have the beard. I know, <laughs> right? Well, I sh- so I, yeah, I, sh- I, I shot that. Like, um, They actually did a photo shoot, which is so rare nowadays with magazines. But, um, yeah, we shot that over a month ago. So, um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. So you're going to be here um on World AIDS Day, right? I hear you're going to be in Philly. Yep, I'll be there for – I'm actually not quite sure what I'm doing um, to be <laughs> – well, you know how my life is. It's like right. day by day. But, um, yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm coming in on the 29th, and I'm there through the 3rd, and then I fly to directly to Utah, and I'm speaking at a college there um, oh, on – yeah, so, but I'm not really sure what I'm doing while I'm in Philly, but I'll keep you posted. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because I actually have to write a, um, the, there's a, um, a website here called Philly Gay Calendar, and they asked me to actually write an article about your event, so, about, you know, about you speaking and coming and what you're doing, so, I was like, I'd, be, I'd love to do that, I know Jack, I'll do it, <laughs> so it should be interesting. Good. Good. Well, if you need information on it, like, you know, I could put you in touch with the right people because <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. And, and when I go on those trips, it's like I, I find out, like, three days before basically what I'm doing. So, yeah, I totally understand. So tonight we're going to talk about a subject that is somewhat, I guess, controversial or people um, are afraid to talk about it, but it's something that has gotten a lot of buzz over the years, um, uh, meth and HIV, and how a lot of people, a lot of gay men are using meth to increase their sex drive, to make them feel good, to fit in, or whatever it is they may be using it for, and they are contracting HIV due to, you know, not thinking correctly because you're high all the time. So I thought that we could dedicate a whole show to meth and HIV. The first part of the show, we're going to have... Um, our friends from tweaker.org come on, and I see him on the line. I'm going to bring him on in a second. Um, Sam is his name, and he's going to come on and talk about, you know, tweaker.org, his organization, and then what exactly meth is and why people use it and what seems to be the relation to um, our guest later on in the show is going to talk about his um, issues with memory loss due to his meth use, his previous meth use. So uh, Sam's going to come on and talk about the basics and basically explain what meth does to our bodies, our brains, and, and basically what the deal is and why people are so heavily addicted to this drug. So I thought it would be a great topic considering, one, I personally is, uh, am somebody who used meth, so I thought it would be you know, um, a good learning experience for other people who may be using it or may be thinking about using it to fit in. So please help me welcome Sam to the show. Sam, how are you? Hi, how are you guys? Good. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, we hear you well. Thanks for uh, coming on and talking with us for a little bit this evening. No problem. So I came across uh, your website. Obviously, um, you know, there's somebody from the organization who is a member of POSIM who is, you know, supporting Tweaker and putting it out there. So. When I saw that you were on Twitter and everything, I definitely wanted to connect with you because it was something that was interesting, especially with the rise of um, infections. So can you tell us a little bit about tweaker.org and what it was set up for? 
Sure. And yes, thank you for following us on Twitter. We are Tweaker SF on Twitter and Tweaker SF on Facebook. Um, so what is Tweaker.org? We, we basically started in 1997, so that's about 14 years ago now. Um, and it was a project, the Stop AIDS project. Um, they came up with a very important question that they posed to the San Francisco gay community, which is, what are the most important issues around HIV transmission among gay men? And so a lot of merchants and the Castro community members and stakeholders and you know, people came up with um, this sort of campaign to address uh, methamphetamine use, which was really uh, starting to make its uh, presence known. Um, so it started off as a talking wall where there was a poster where people were just anonymously you know, invited to write down their, their comments, their impressions, you know, their frustrations. And um, from there became a campaign that was the Chrissy campaign, which appeared in gay bars, sex venues, bus shelters all around the city. And in 97, um, we also launched the website, which continued um, through you know today and in many different manifestations. There's also a website in Spanish, tweaker.org backslash Spanish, um, which some of the translations have been um, you know, uh, moved over, but not all from the tweaker.org website. So I encourage people to look at that for our bilingual speakers. Um, but basically now, um, tweaker.org is managed by the Stonewall Project, which is um, part of the SF AIDS Foundation. Do you want me to give you a, a quick just description of what we do? Yeah, absolutely. That would be perfect. Okay. So Stonewall Project is a counseling program, and we're dedicated to providing alternative harm reduction-based treatment to gay men, trans men, um, and by men who have sex with men and other men who have sex with men uh, who use drugs uh, or, or other, you know, or alcohol and feel that they have issues with it. Uh, we welcome basically everyone at all stages of readiness. So we don't require abstinence to receive services. And that's important to note um, because it's, it's all about creating a safe space where gay men and other men who have sex with men who use meth, crack cocaine, uh, powder cocaine, alcohol, other drugs, can come to deal with issues of concern to them without any kind of judgment. Um, and basically the aim of treatment is to reduce the harm that's caused to them and their loved ones, their community, by their drug or alcohol use. So basically, as a program rooted in harm reduction, we we have goals that vary all across the spectrum of harm reduction, and that could include abstinence, and often does for a lot of our clients, um, to control their safer use, you know, based on this desire to improve their health, their relationships, or their functioning in the world. Um, so that's it, in the long and the short of it. No, that makes all. Um total sense for everybody who's listening. Um, what exactly, for people who don't know, some, somebody may not be familiar, what exactly is meth and what is the whole reason people are, are the, gay met, the gay guys are attracted to this drug? What is the draw that sure. it has? Yeah, I'm happy to provide a little Crystal 101, as we call it on our website. Um, <laughs> you know, crystal methamphetamine, it goes by a lot of different street names. Depending on where you live, you might know it as Crystal Meth, Crystal, Chrissy, Tina, Crank Speed, Ice, um, dope, you know, you, get, you got it. It's basically a stimulant. It's an upper. And just like all other uppers, caffeine, chocolate, cocaine, uh, it basically induces a chemical fight or flight response and changes a host of all these other body functions, like your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure increases, uh, the pupils in your eyes open wide, and you feel more alert and as though you have more stamina. Um, a lot of people, you know, um, note a lot of um, confidence and elation, which might then lead them to do things that they might not otherwise, you know, make, make them a little more sociable. Um, of course, where this concern comes in with sexual practices is 
if people are, um, you know, uninhibited and not thinking very carefully about about their uh, their practice. So, in, in terms of how mess looks, um, it can vary a lot depending on the security. Um, it's basically, you know, from greasy brown to white. The mess that got its nickname crystal is because of its most sought after form. So usually it's a crystal, uh, clear to white crystalline substance that can look like little pieces of broken glass, and people can basically swallow it, smoke it, um, crush it into a powder for snorting, or dissolve um, into a liquid for swallowing, injecting, or booty bumping even. Now, when and I think, and also, well, I was just going to say, I mean, I think you were sugarcoating it as far as in terms of, like, the feeling of elation you get, but... I mean, I, you know, I admit to doing crystal in the past, and it's not only that, it's it, it increases your sex drive, like, enormously and allows sure. you to, I mean, uh, it, you know, you want to have sex nonstop for, you know, 24, 48 hours, so, and it's, like, insatiable. So I think you, I think you're sugarcoating it when you say, oh, yeah, yeah. it makes you feel good, it makes you feel social, and, like, it's now- <laughs> super horny. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, know, I know that that's true. Uh, you know, we, we hear that all the time. Sex and crystal are very inextricably co- connected for a lot of people. Um, it might make some people uh, insatiable bottoms. I've heard of it also turning people into really insatiable tops. Um, you know, it, it, it can't be understated and we can't ignore that linkage because that, for a lot of people, is the hardest thing once they stop using is to rethink how they're going to be sexual with individuals, right. and it really can become a barrier to that. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Jack. Well, and I also think, like, you know, in the, in you that's the, the link with uh, meth and HIV is that you get in those scenarios and you're totally uninhibited and, you know, there's you're having sex with one, two, three, however many people, you know, at the same time, one after the other, and it's like your judgment's totally skewed. And you're more concerned about getting off and seeking pleasure than you are with protecting yourself and making sure you're, you know, taking precautions and all that goes out the window, you know, I think a lot of times. That's right. Um, there's also the delayed orgasm, which which for a lot of people makes that playtime go on and on. Um, of course, a big, you know, downer is for some impotence as a common side effect of, of using crystal. We've all heard of the term crystal dick. So when you're aroused, your cock won't cooperate. You know, you can't keep it up, or even worse, um, get it up in the first place. I hope it's right. okay to be a little graphic on this radio station. Oh, of course. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people who experience, you know, um, the, the impotence part of it, they actually will kind of compensate with taking Viagra along with it. And it's common for, for gay men to take Viagra and also use crystal meth. Um, I, I still don't get it. Why is it? I mean, I hear it's very, you know, popular with the with gay guys having sex and stuff of that nature. But is it as popular with, you know, heterosexuals as well? Yeah, or do you see it mostly with just gay? Uh, we have to be careful not not to get pigeonholed or, you know, associate this as a, as a gay party drug. I mean, obviously that's the interaction that we as gay men have had with it and, and it's had a huge impact on us and it's been around for some time and gone through, as you said, phases of popularity. Um, but it does affect the lar- it is a big issue in the larger population, you know, in, in the Central Valley, for example, um, where meth labs are really quite common in small towns across America. 
um, we have we have this specific um, cultural connection with it and with our uh, sex culture and with our club culture. And of course, so we have to come up with um, policies and programs that address those specifically for our communities that will be you know sensitive to that, that will appeal to our communities. But it isn't by any means just as HIV is not um, by any means a gay uh, epidemic. Um, you know, it doesn't just affect the, the gay community. And I do have some figures here just from 2008 that um, that noted that use of crystal methamphetamine, at least reported, has seemed to decrease uh, since, to see if I can find that study. Um, so the CDC did a, um, a national HIV behavioral surveillance in 2003, and they found that basically in New York, um, 14% reported using meth within the last 12 months. Now, in 2008, that number dropped to 6% reporting using meth during the previous 12 months. That's 57% drop in the percentage reported in 2004. There's a similar drop in San Francisco where, um, you know, the reported meth use rate was 13% um, from 22 in 2004. LA, not such a big drop. Um, but we do also have to think of these figures in terms of, you know, what do people perceive as... Um, well, when someone's calling them up, you know, to interview them, that's kind of a stigma. It kind of, you know, raises that stigma. So as meth has moved more online, more maybe um, into isolated situations, out of the clubs, uh, it's become more stigmatized. And, you know, some might see that as a good thing, but on the other hand, it's harder to report. you following me? Yeah, no, totally. And I actually do think it's a good thing. I remember the ads for a long time that were kind of in a in a way that made it not not that doing meth was ever cool but it made it really kind of look n- not cool in terms of I mean there was ads like on phone booths and bus and bus stations where they were like oh is this your Saturday night and they'd have some guy in front of a computer smoking or whatever and I just remember thinking you know, ew, like, and, and I think, you know, in a weird way, you're correct, the stigma kind of can be perceived as a good thing, you know, because it, it, it deters people from doing it if it's not socially acceptable. So I well, I, 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 def- I definitely remember that cam- those campaigns about, you know, meth and not doing it and all that stuff. I just want to make a correction there that I, don't, I, I didn't mean to say that stigma is what we, what we want to um, help reduce... Uh, the number of, of people using methamphetamines, but it certainly has been a result of that. Um, you know, it's not as popular. People don't have it out in the open in the clubs. So arguably, actually, in, in San Francisco, I, I see cocaine as a bigger, more visible issue because, um, you know, and it's not that Tina has disappeared, but people don't call it Tina for, for one thing. You know, um, they call it P&P, or they, you know, they find it hooking up online on places like, um, well, I won't say the websites, but, you know, for group sessions, for barebacking, that sort of a thing. Um, and that's where a lot of the outreach should probably be occurring and where we're trying to rethink our um, our outreach today even. Um, so Twicker.org, you know, it initially was created, and a lot of people have criticized, well, some people have come at us saying, you know, you're glorifying drug use or this and that. We're, well, we're not. We're not really saying that you should use, and we're not saying that you shouldn't use. We're, we're here to provide information and we're here to provide access to services and to do that in the most honest and um, straightforward way possible without any sense of judgment. This this is how we uh, found best to uh, represent that information. 
Well, I think, for that's, somebody... I think that's great because obviously if someone's going to use, they're going to use, and when they decide to stop, if they decide to stop, then that's their prerogative. But, you know, if you come at them with judgment, like in anything, they're you know, they're obviously not going to be honest or they're not going to be as readily accept- accepting of any help. Right, yes. And, and harm reduction as... Um, you know, as a practice, kind of just came out of uh, exactly that because uh, abstinence doesn't work for everybody. And you know what we find with harm reduction. There's a really good book. Um, I'll find it in a second here uh, that we use in our um, in our services to help people guide them. You know, it's not it's not like the 12 step Bible, not like that sort of thing. But it does have a lot of um, <laughs> it does have a lot of um, tips of the trade, in other words, you know, ways that you can, um, if you wanted to, you know, target your reduction and, and, and whatnot. Uh, let's see here. It's called uh, Over the Influence, the Harm Reduction Guide for Managing Drugs and Alcohol. And it is available to view online on Google Books. Um, I would really recommend that for anyone that's that's looking to employ harm reduction. If you've tried the 12 step, if, you know, if you've gone to counseling, if nothing seems to work and um, and you're basically being honest with yourself that you're not going to quit, but you do want to make a dent in your use, this is a perfect book for you. You know, one of the um, things I wanted to talk about next was actually what Crystal does to our bodies when people are using the drug itself. And on your website, if people go to thetweaker.org, you can see there's a Crystal on Our Body site. And uh, tab and I, I love this page because you have this guy standing here, this cartoon guy, shaking, standing here in his tidy whitey, sweating. Right, you can tell that he's he's up to no good. And when you scroll over each body part, it actually shows you and explains what that drug does to your body. And one of the main things that I wanted to talk about tonight is what that does to basically for our oral health, what it does to our mouth, and then also what it does to our brain. If you could just tell us a little bit about what it does to us for our oral, you know. Sure. Yeah, well, with the, with the mouth, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people um, are familiar with the grinding that, you know, that occurs when, when you're on a drug uh, like methamphetamine or, or ecstasy. Um, now, because it's an antihistamine, it causes dry mouth, so that means less saliva. Um, and saliva neutralizes some of the acids in our mouth, so that basically means more acid. Um, that will erode the tooth enamel, you know, coupled with grinding of the teeth. Um, that, you know, is going to definitely work at the bones to stress the teeth out and eventually result in gum problems, bone loss, tooth loss, those sort of things. So one of the recommendations that we have here, drinking lots of water, obviously, brushing your teeth, flossing on a regular basis. Um, and it's important to note that oral sex is just when gums or teeth are not healthy because HIV and other microorganisms can get into um, into the bloodstream. So as far as um, the brain, is that the other thing you asked, Robert? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so basically what we're concerned about here is, you know, a drug or, or medicine has to cross the blood-brain barrier so in order to change the way we think, feel, and see when that happens, basically chemicals are released called neurotransmitters and those are released into our cellular fluid and we, you know, we feel the effects of those almost immediately after a hit. Um, now, some of the concerns and things that we have seen in long-term use is neurotransmitters being depleted, nerve cells being damaged, and the paranoia and anxiety that becomes more frequent and can last longer with continued use. Some people don't need a lot of use for this to occur, you know. Um, psychosis can happen um, because too much dopamine 
and you know you're not sleeping, so that that's not good for your for your uh, mind. We as a harm reduction tip, you know it's best if you could close your eyes even just for a little bit, lie down just for a little bit, even if you can't put yourself to sleep, your body will will really um, thank you for that. You know, um, it's important to eat something if you're on a run for a few days. A lot of people, um, you know, they they do stay up for quite a long time, um, and one thing, will I get a chance to comment some more, Robert, or is that... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, you know, we have to be... Um, we have to talk about HIV transmission and 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 syphilis transmission, too, in, in terms of um, its connection to to methamphetamines, and, and for that matter, maybe even hepatitis, because not everyone who uses meth... Um, you know, snorts or smokes it. There's a lot of infection drug use. And so what we do at Stonewall, we have a, a syringe access program where we're all about, you know, having equal access to, to needle exchange um, and teaching people about the harm and the potential harm of these microorganisms. Uh, and so it's important that gay men who are partying do inform themselves on, on the various um, things that are out there, you know, because um, it isn't just HIV. Um, and if you're positive, you know, the, the what you definitely don't want is hepatitis because that will impact your liver and potentially complicate any uh, treatment options. Right, and in regards to the to the immune system and being, you know, for people who are HIV positive, it is really important for us to get sleep. So when people who are HIV positive are, are tweaking and are using this drug, they're staying up for hours upon days, sometimes even weeks. And I think it's really important that people realize that they really do need to, to build their immune system and how important it is for us as people living with this disease to actually still take our meds, even if they are using this drug. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and in some, some ways that, you know, you can maybe manage that is by getting pillboxes to remind you because um, and, and each day, each morning, you can see individually which ones you've taken. Uh, you know, and, and if you're thinking of going on meds and you're not prepared to start the HIV meds, um, maybe you can practice with vitamins. This is another sort of tip. Um, the bottom line is, you know, yes, it can affect your immune system and it can affect your judgment. And those two things, you know, well, we need those two things, um, you know, uh, if we're fighting off any sort of um, infection. And it also affects the memory loss, right? Because Greg, who's coming on later part of the show, is going to talk about some memory issues that he's having due to his um, meth use. Yes, I, I, I've definitely heard that to be the case. Um, you know, it's, I've heard with people who have used over long periods of time having having some memory issues and, and other people who have stopped using, you know, them being able to retrieve some of that. And certainly short-term memory um, you know, is an issue for a lot of people if they're if they're not sleeping, if they're if they're um, depleting their uh, neurotransmitters all the time. Is that something yeah, well, that you find I, common? I have to say, I'm not a health professional, so so with regard to that, it'd probably be best to to talk to you know your your doctor, your your health professional, like your physician about that sort of thing. But you can find information about crystal in our bodies, um, crystal in our sex, uh, and also stories and a forum. That's up and coming soon. It's going to be released probably in the next week uh, on tweaker.org. So. Great. Yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, I mean, I think we've, all, we've all seen those shows like on, on Oprah or 
whatever, where they show people that have their chronic, you know, daily users. And I mean, I don't know if you watch Intervention or any of those shows. So it's like, you know, I mean, obviously we know that that meth, if you use it on a regular basis, long term, for say for days at a time, it wrecks you. I mean, it wrecks yeah. you physically, it wrecks your brain, it cooks your brain. Like I'm sure, you know, like anything that is. Um, and, you know, not just the drug itself, but it's like you said, it's tied into a lot of bad behavior as far as staying up, you know, for days at a time, not eating, not taking your medications, all that stuff. It's obvious. I mean, it's common sense that it's it's going to do damage to your body in the long term. Yeah, and um, that's right. I mean, we, we've definitely in, in San Francisco identified um, methamphetamine as being one of the main drivers um, linked to a large number of new HIV infection. So those are the things that, you know, we focus on when we're coming up with campaigns. Um, the other the other drivers are use of cocaine, poppers, heavy alcohol use, gonorrhea infection, and having multiple sex partners. So, you know, that's just to give kind of a context about why we, why we focus so, so much on methamphetamine. Right. That makes total sense. I think I may actually have Greg on here. Um, could, could I... Uh, have you? Uh, are you going to listen to the rest of the show on air, or um, you want to listen to it off air, Sam? I can listen to it on air. That's great. Okay, I think this is Greg. So let me bring Greg on so he can talk about he has. So again, remember, guys, you can find more information about um, meth and all that information at tweaker.org. Um, Greg, is this you? Hey, what's up? Hey, Greg, how's it going? Hey, Greg, how's it going? How how is everyone tonight? <laughs> Everyone is great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I I sense nerves. Yes, I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. We're easy. <laughs> so, Greg, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, tonight, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, meth and HIV. And earlier, we spoke with uh, Sam from Tweaker.org, who was talking about what it does to our bodies. And we touched a little bit about how it really affects the brain. And I know that when we actually met um, on the AIDS walk this year, and we actually walked together, took the train down, and we were talking a lot, and I was so fascinated by what you had to say and all you've been through and how you're still able to, you know, live every day to your best, and now you want to go out there and start sharing your story. And I thought, you know, it was perfect to have you come on and do this. So tell us a little bit about when you were diagnosed and what that process was like for you. And if you have questions for Sam um, at tweaker.org, I do have him um, on the line. He's listening, so I can connect you with him if you have any questions. But I don't know, you know what I mean, because he's not a, a doctor, but he may be able to help you with certain things that you may have questions about. Um, I was diagnosed um, HIV positive last year um, in 2009, and I went through, um, I have used crystal meth for probably, God, since for about 11 years um, between that and all the other drugs. So um, I've been clean since then, um, and I've been, of course, you go through that whole memory process stage of trying, they say, as you get cleaner, your uh, memory gets better. Well, about, I'd say, um, three months ago, four months ago, uh, when I got myself back in school, um, I noticed that learning was a lot harder. Um, I couldn't remember things. And actually, um, as a, as the months went on, I um, lots of I couldn't I could be staring at something and like I couldn't really even like pick up the name, 
of it, mm-hmm. or I could read a page of a book and not remember it. Um, right. One day I left the house without socks on, so I got pretty nervous. I was scared. Um, so I went to the doctor, and we pretty much, um, she sent me for a brain MRI, and it came back where um, I had, after, um, it's called atrophy of the frontal and and temporal lobes, which the frontal lobes are like your filter. Um, it helps you, like, uh, learn. Um, it sends all the information everywhere. And the frontal and the temporal lobes are also, um, they are sh- they are all smaller than they should be, um, which causes all of the memory loss and the day-to-day basics of... Um, I have really bad anxiety. Um, I, my attention's bad. Um, so uh, then they sent me to a neurologist and did actually more tests, and they I was diagnosed with um, it's called executive dysfunction syndrome, um, and they actually started me on a medicine called. Um, um, Aricept, which is for early onset um, dementia, um, and what from the doctors were saying is, um, I I don't know if you know, uh, um, I'm sure that you've read up on the HIV dementia that usually is later in the years after. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it's basically um, they're scared because of all the years of the meth use that I've, um, being only diagnosed for one year, that I've uh, brought that to myself early. Hmm. Uh, so, so they related all to your previous use of meth? Um, that, they can't actually prove that it is that or it's HIV, but being that I did meth for 11 years, um, and how healthy it's actually that I am from the HIV and I'm on meds, they said it's probably, it will, they can't, I mean, there's no proof of it because they haven't done studies where someone's been on meth for five years and then they took them off of it and then trialed it. So it's really unknown, but this is what the theories that they're actually going through. If you don't mind me asking, were you doing it like every day, like every um, like? Yeah, no. Um, it was basically. Um, I think the most I've ever not done it was forty-five days. Some days I would do it to the point. Um, I was at points where I couldn't get out of bed um, unless I did it. Um, I was right. functioning, um, and then I was, I was in rehab three times. Um, I tried to commit suicide three times because I was so high. So, I mean, it's, I did do it a lot. I did it constantly, parties, but um, I did it uh, to lose weight, to to fit in, because it was an in thing to do and um, feel more confident. Um, I was actually the opposite of what you you guys were talking about earlier. Um, I didn't do it with sex. I actually didn't want people touching me. Right. When I did it, I was the opposite. I just wanted the high and to feel skinny and feel like I was like the best person in the whole entire room. Interesting. And it wasn't until your diagnosis, until you kind of had that, you know, shake back to reality that you need to stop. Is that what kind of? 
Um, but you were in the perspective. Well, I decided. Um, I actually tried to kill. Um, I tried to. I was up for like seven or eight days, and then I um, actually tried to commit suicide. And I actually walked myself over to Jefferson Hospital. And um, I actually, they ended up keeping me there for nine days, and that was my, that was kind of my wake-up call. Because um, two weeks later, that's when I found out that I got an NGIV test, and it came back positive. So I was like, all right, I guess third time is the charm. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's time to give it up. <laughs> so that wow. was that. And um, it was it was a, it was a long battle of giving it up, but. Um, now it's just dealing with the memory problems. Um, I'm actually applying for um, SSI, which is federal disability, because um, they don't want me in school or working. Um, they want to try to get my brain back and functioning again. Um, so I'm up and down. They actually just took me off of one, um, actually one medicine, because it because it wasn't because the side effects were so bad, like. I'm taking, I think I take now, I think I'm up to like 16 pills a day. Um, Wow. It's between anti-anxiety medicines, um, actually amphetamines to help my brain because I burned out, um, I burned out the the stuff that like filters everything through your brain. So like everything keeps, Nothing stops through my head. Like I wake up and just everything's going. And actually now the amphetamine that um, I call, I don't even remember the name of it. They just they just started me on it. Um, it actually puts everything back into per- perspective, and I can start thinking clearly. But then they're afraid that I'm going to get addicted to that, so they're not really sure what they're going to do. Wow. So it's like. I'm their guinea pig because I'm going to all these doctors and they're like, well, we haven't really done all these studies. So, honestly, it's just a day-to-day basis. Like, this could get really worse. Um, They don't know. Um, They're hoping that it's not, Uh, especially now because they even said um, the HIV dementia doesn't come on until, like, years and years and years and when you're, like, when you're really sick. Right. And me, like, I, I'm healthy. Like, I have a CD4 count. I think I just got it back. It was, like, 848, and I'm undetectable. So, I mean, in that aspect, I'm healthy. But now I've just, because of all the messiness, now I'm dealing with um, not remembering and forgetting things and not being able to read sometimes. And so it is, it's, it's very frustrating. Well, oh, I, I can really imagine. Brave. It's it's really brave of you to come on the air and talk about it, and I think it will open people's eyes a lot. And I mean, it's an important message. I mean, and I know that you are not necessarily always typical. I mean, I have known people that have done meth for twenty years and are still functioning. I don't even know what that means, but yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I've heard of these cases before, and they've, they've, I've seen TV shows and stuff where they've done brain scans and showed, um, you know, neural atrophy, and, um, you know, so I think it's great that you can come on and speak op- openly about it, and 
and hopefully, you know, be some sort of role model and a, and, and a warning to people about what can happen with chronic meth use. Yeah, that's actually, it was, it was that, um, it was the moment when my doctor, um, she like sat me down. I was like, I must have like 25 lives and I'm probably close to the end of them, of all the stuff that I've been through and done. And when she said like about, uh, about the brain scan and what the neurologist said, and I was like, maybe this is my time to give back because if they don't want me working and they don't want me, maybe, I mean, maybe my story will help one, one person get clean or two people or, so that's, oh, it definitely no, absolutely will. Huh? It definitely will. It definitely will. I don't think, I think a lot of times people do it casually, and even if they're not doing it, like, you know, every weekend or every month or whatever, they don't really think about the ramifications to their physical being and what it does to your brain. Like, I think that when you're staying up for two, three, four days at a time and and you're dehydrated and you're not eating and it's like it's cooking your brain. So, I mean, I think, you know, that that message just needs to be out there. And and as much as, you know, they, you know, Twigger.org wants to destigmatize it and, and say, you know, if you're using and you can't stop and they offer great services, yeah, that's 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 great that they're not they're they're coming from a really non judgmental place. But we can't avoid the fact that it has really negative ramifications if you're a chronic user. I totally agree. Um and actually uh my my physician she was like now this is like going to be the ongoing research thing on on like meth use and now HIV because they never really did all the research on it because it it wasn't able to do it. So now like they're giving like me like I, I I'm going to probably have to be on trial medicines and for medicines that are on that are for people that are in like nursing homes that don't remember anyone's name and it's so I mean it's scary and I um and it definitely needs to be out there um it needs to be more pushed of not just that it's just addictive and whatever it needs to be I think more ed- educated on what it does actually to your brain Right, which is kind of why we kind of had the show tonight because we wanted to bring light on to that subject. Um, real quick, I just want to remind people, if you'd like to call into the show, you can reach us here at 347-215-9442, or you can type your question or comment in the chat room and we can pass it over. We'll take calls. We still have Sam on hold listening to the show, so if you have a question for him, you can uh, reach us here and we can pass you over to him or if you have a question for Greg you can reach us here at the phone number as well. I do have a question coming out of the chat room here um, for you Greg um, Pause for Pause 34 asks, you know, earlier we were speaking about how meth really destroys uh, your mouth and your teeth and I know it did a number on mine how did you keep such a beautiful smile he asks after using uh, for so many years <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, the front of my teeth were the only teeth that I am very thankful that um, did nothing happen to them. The back of my mouth was really bad, and I actually am just finishing up getting them. Um, uh, they're all basically all the whole back of my mouth are all caps. The only teeth that are real in my mouth are 
Like I have one, two, three, four. I have like twelve, four, like four or five in the front that are actually Mayan. The rest of them rotted from the bottom up. That's wow. exactly um, what happened to me too. From being so dehydrated and being up for days and yeah, so um, the, I just got really lucky, uh, honestly, because even uh, when I went to the dentist, they were like, we were expecting really, um, really bad teeth, and then and then I and then I opened my mouth, and they were like, ah, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went through the same situation. I had to get them all yanked, have oral surgery, and get partials put in. It's not fun. No, it is not. Um, the other question we have coming out of the chat room is from uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, and he asks, um, he too has used meth to feel skinny, and now that he's sober, he wants to know, he saw, he can see the weight coming back on, and he wants to know, how do you get through the cravings? Um, it takes a while. Um, you're definitely going to gain a little weight back, and you just have to, you just have to get yourself, um, you just have to get yourself centered and realize that you can actually do this on your own instead of having something that, like for me, like I started running because um, uh, I noticed like after getting getting clean, I couldn't just sit in the house because then that's all I thought about was. Just, so I started running again, and that's how I did lose the weight after um, eating right, um, just. When you're getting, cause, because when you're getting so um, clean, you just want to sit around and eat like all this junk food and all this. You just have to start eating right and and exercising and actually just getting up and doing something. Because um, I noticed when I first started, um, I did gain a little bit of weight. Um, when I actually I gained about thirty pounds, but it's muscle weight because I am running and hopefully starting the gym soon if I can stop being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> did, you find that, did you find that you had issues with like depression? Because I know, I remember my doctor saying at one point, I'm like, people that use math can have like long-term depression and, and it, it takes like a year or two years of sobriety to get back to normal and all this. I mean, I don't really know what's true and what's not, but what's your experience? Uh, depression, um, I, I was going through quite some depression in the beginning. Um, I, I got lucky and the, um, the, the center that I go to, um, in Philadelphia, they hooked me up with therapy right away. Um, I was taking, um, uh, antidepressant, which actually helped with, um, with the eating, with, uh, with the depression and the eating disorder problem. Um, so that actually benefited me. But um, now, I just, I really don't, I mean, after a year, I can see the see the depression every once in a while. Um, but I don't think it's going to be there forever. Um, I mean, but I don't predict the future and I'm not really sure, but right. definitely in the beginning, it was pretty hardcore because it was like, God, I want to be out there with all them. 
I'm not allowed to, and I have this problem, and I have that problem, and my life sucks, and, but, I mean, Well, I mean, also, like, to, to be fair, I think everyone has those days regardless, you know? Oh, I mean? no, yeah, um, and then, especially coming off meth, because you killed off all the, um, all the, uh, serotonin levels and all that stuff gets all messed up and the like your body needs to rebuild that and from you not sleeping um i i am totally all for um antidepressants um at least for a little bit especially when you're trying to become clean um because they do help Right. We actually um, do have a caller on the line, so I'm going to, to bring this caller on. Area code 917, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Frank. I'm calling from Jersey City. Hey, Frank. How are you? I'm good. Um, every time I hear about meth, I always have somebody that they talk about somebody that's always extreme. They stayed up seven days. I've been positive for 14 years. And my HIV meds make me depressed and cause problems. But ever since I've done meth, I do it once a month, but I always hydrate and drink and eat, my T-cells have gone up amazingly. <laughs> now, whether there's a positive to meth use or a negative, but or were there studies ever done as far as what meth and HIV meds and whether that's affected them in a positive way? <laughs> you know, drug use is um, a positive way. Um, Sam, but I hear a lot of you young that? people. Young people Hi. long-term <laughs> use. Yes. Uh, you know, I've heard this before, and, and again, I'm not a health, a health professional here, so I can't speak to um, your particular situation. Um, I would think that it's it's a number of factors that, that play into our, our labs kind of increasing. And you mentioned that you're um, just a habitual user once a month. I'm not really sure that that would, you know, again, I can't say for sure, but I'm not really sure that once a month would either affect you in a detrimental or a positive way. But I do know that people, um, you know, if they're on medication, if they're taking their meds regularly, if they're exercising, all things, all other things being equal, can still, when they're, you know, um, just like anyone else, HIV-positive folks can party just like anyone else. And if they take care of themselves, you know, they might get a cold just like anyone else. Um, so it's very easy to extrapolate these things, you know, and read into it what we want to, but I'm not really sure about the causal effect there, so I can't really say. Right. Okay, I just understand that there were studies actually done, but I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. No, it's tough because I, I looked at a lot of stuff online today about the subject, and all the studies I found were like 2004, 2005, so I haven't seen anything really updated. So I'm not sure about that. I mean, okay. there have been studies in labs with like with rats that, um, and, and I can, again, I can't say for certain if it was meth, but definitely with cocaine that they've seen the um, the virus replicating, um, you know, a lot faster in, in controlled lab situations. So right, that's kind of something that people raise a flag to to folks who are in, in, you know using um, stimulants. Right. Um, I know, uh, Sam, we wanted to bring you back on to talk to uh, Greg. You wanted to address some of the things that he was talking about, so I have you both on there now so you can chat. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I did want to address just a couple of things you mentioned. Um, you know, you were using methamphetamines to lose weight and feel more confident that it was in isolation, and that's that's um, different from a lot of other people's experience. Um, it's It's similar to a lot of other people's experience as well. 
and I, and, I, and I wanted to just stress that you know we do find a lot of um, people who who kind of come to us and they're looking for help and maybe they've been able to live this sort of secret life, um, as it were, and they're only looking for um, harm reduction tips or counseling because they're starting to see it affect themselves, their lives. So one of the things to look for is definitely signs of, you know, is it affecting your work life? Is it affecting your personal life? Um, you mentioned wanting, you know, to lose weight. You know, being exercise is the best probably way to counter the depression that might occur from people, um, you know, deciding to go sober. And that does happen to a lot of people who are, you know, regular users to go sober and all of a sudden they're depressed, you know. And, and so um, some people choose to use... Um, uh, antidepressants. Um, some antidepressants, like Wellbutrin, again, I'm not a nurse or a doctor, I'm not prescribing anything, but Wellbutrin has been known to, you know, reduce cravings and it doesn't have a lot of the nasty side effects. Um, it also is important to remember that if you're on HIV meds, um, certain meds um, will amplify the effect of amphetamines, and that includes ecstasy, that includes, you know, um, meth, that also includes Viagra. So you want to be sure to talk to your doctor about um, which which meds you're on and any kind of interactions that can occur. Um, so I hope that helps. That's actually a really good point because I know like uh, certain drugs are boosters and they um, and yeah no that's a really good point. I hadn't really even thought about that that you can have drug interaction with illicit drugs as well. Yeah, um, and the other thing was, you know, in terms of oral health. Uh, again, there's nothing like brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth. Uh, you hear that all the time, drinking lots of fluids. Um, some cities might even have schemes where you could access free, you know, dental care. So um, they said it gets checked up, what, like twice a year? Uh, and so that don't see that as a barrier necessarily if you're near a large city with a gay population. And maybe, you know, even your small town, I don't know, you should talk to your um, local clinics and see if there's any way to access that care. Uh, so yeah. Did you, um, Greg, have any questions um, for Sam? Because I know that there were some things that maybe you weren't understanding a little bit that maybe you wanted to ask him, or were you good? Um, no, I'm good on that part. I mean, um, I mean, I've pretty much been through the whole therapy part and uh, with the whole understanding of the oral health and with the. Um, uh, but I work really close with uh, my doctor, and, like, you do have to be careful with interactions with all my medication. Like, I can't take anything over the counter. I can't do anything unless I actually contact them because of how many pills that I have to take a day. Right. So that's a, bit, that's, that's a very big deal. Um, I just wanted to... Um, um, Somebody said uh, earlier about um, studies, and something that I had just read, um, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, um, that HIV is it was um, it was showing to replicate faster when you were on meth if you weren't taking meds. Right. And that was kind of what we were talking about earlier of how important yeah. it was, even if you are somebody who's still using this drug that you should still be taking your HIV medication. Yeah. Well, and it's also, just to chime in real quick here, it's important to also note that, um, you know, nowadays people are pushing you to, to start meds, start meds right away. Um, it's The best time to start is 
when you're ready to start and when you're able to start. And for some people who, you know, maybe chaotic users um, or maybe homeless or maybe, you know, um, experiencing just some major issues, starting medication might actually not be a good idea at that moment in time, you know. Right. Um, if you start and you don't adhere, you actually you could develop a resistance to your medication and that would set you back. Um, so that's that's just something I wanted to add in there because, you know, not everyone who is experiencing their addiction is going to be at a place where they, you know, and that, of course, is going to be a personal choice um, made with a healthcare professional, um, and hopefully, you know, you you get some good um, doctors there giving you some advice. No, that's a good point because I think also you have to remember there's a lot of people in a lot of different situations, you know, socioeconomic situations, addiction situations, and it's like if you and can't follow a protocol. I mean, I know, you know, on Crystal, you lose hours and days and you have no idea if it's morning or night or whatever. And it's like, you know, taking a pill once or twice a day or even more, you're going to, you're not going to be able to do that. So that's a good point that you make. Yeah, I actually, um, I totally agree with you. I mean, because right now I'm on public assistance and I'm applying for federal um, and I get my, I was pretty um, blessed and thankful that um, my case management came through for me because, I mean, my medications itself are almost $12,000 a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty insane. Um, But there's all those resources out there that just got, you just have to get them out there and get the names out there to those people. No, I totally agree with you. I was just going to add, it, it might sound you know, kind of new agey and whatnot, but there are lots of uh, other alternatives um, when you're dealing with addiction, when you're dealing with um, you know, combating depression, and even when you just kind of want to build your immune system. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of, um, basically, of, of course, we want to give people the Western um, medical care that they deserve, but you also provide them with alternative therapies, you know, with complementary therapies in addition to that. So maybe some acupuncture, some meditation, some yoga. Um, again, exercise can't be emphasized enough as part of as part of that uh, regimen of self care. And yeah, just those those all those things combined with, with you know with your normal medications, um, you know, can help mitigate a lot of side effects as well as um cravings. All right, I totally agree. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us uh, this hour. Um, it was amazing to get all the resources uh, from you and all the information so you know our listeners know what to expect and what exactly this is doing to our body. So I want to thank you for joining us. Please look for us on Facebook, TweakerSF, on Twitter, and also Tweaker.org. Thank you. You got it, Sam. You have a great thank night. Thank you. Have a good night. You no, know, Greg, one of the things I wanted to talk about real quick, we have about like a minute. I just wanted to see how is your support system right now? Um I am I I am blessed. I have the most amazing family. Right. Um I have put them through hell and back and they have stuck by me 100%. Um I have an amazing uh guy in my life right now that is behind me 100 125% and he supports me and he's there to help me. Um I mean basically my family and my friends they're all there. Well, that's great. I think that's great. And I hope I'll see you on World AIDS Day. Um, I'm going to go to the event in Philly. And since Greg's actually my neighbor, so he lives like not far yeah, from where yeah. I live. So it's nice to actually meet somebody in the neighborhood. Um, but, 
you know, if you're going to go down there, um, I'm going to go down. Jack will be there. You'll get to meet Jack, and he's doing a big whole event, you know. Mr. Okay, McEnroe yeah, comes definitely. <laughs> you, yeah, Robert, you know more about it than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it is when you're a celebrity. You don't have, you know, you have other people playing your stuff. <laughs> well, I just want to say thanks, Greg. I think it was really enlightening, and, um, you know, it was really great for you to be so honest and upfront. I think we appreciate it a lot. Oh, I um, actually am pretty honored to um, be asked to be on the show, and I wanted, I was very happy to share my story, and um, I'm glad I got it out there. Good. Well, we're glad you came. Thank you so much for joining us, Greg, and hopefully I'll be talking to you soon. You will. You guys have All a good right, night. Thank you much. Night. All right. Bye, Greg. And see ya. And remember, folks, you can find... Um, Information on sandandtweaker.org at obviously tweaker.org, and you can find Greg on Pazlam. He's a, a member there. You can find more information on Jack at jackmackenroth.com, more information on the show and myself at pazlam.com. Jack, another great show. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, and I'll be uh, seeing you probably like a week and a half. All right. All right, man. Because... <laughs> you have a great night. Okay, you too. Bye. Thanks. And thank you all for tuning in. You have a great night. And remember, next Sunday we will be here and we will be speaking with um, an ex-porn star, basically, is how we're going to put it. Um, he's somebody who used to do porn and now has stopped. And he is uh, going to share his personal story. Ryan Dixon is his name. And I am ecstatic to have him on next Sunday. So we'll see you here next week. You have a great night. And thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.